0: hit record. All right, we're in. Mason Cosby in the house, host of the Marketing Ladder podcast. So Mason, we got 15 minutes. Let's dive right in. Talk to us. What are the simple but hard fundamentals of ABM and scrappy ABM? First, tell us what ABM is.
1: Yeah, so account-based marketing, well, actually first, excited to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, but like I said, fifteen minutes goes fast. Let's dive in. ABM, um, I learned this definition actually from my former employer of Gravity Global. They they have a team that is all dedicated to ABMs so like this is their definition that I've just kind of adopted and will use for the rest of my life of it's a focused b two b growth strategy that aligns marketing and sales around a set of shared target accounts. So what I love about that definition is it's not really a marketing strategy. It is actually a growth strategy. So, I hate that it's called ABM, which is account-based marketing, really should be like account-based strategy. You've seen the rise of account-based experience now that actually enropes in kind of that CS team, but that is it in a nutshell.
0: Cool. Okay. So account-based marketing, I've heard it's very similar to like enterprise sales where you focus on like a company or, or normally it's bigger enterprise accounts, Correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on your organization. I think that most B2B companies should be running a more ABM type motion. Um, right. But the level of complexity and the ways that you run ABM would be different depending on your deal size. So like, for example, there's a company called Terminus or Sixth Sense or Demandbase that offer an account-based marketing platform that does targeted advertising. And you can do like a one-to-many type program where you can target like 5,000 companies with a specific ad set and like messaging that goes around a specific, maybe industry vertical. So you can do like industry-based account-based marketing. But then as you think about more enterprise sales, that would be like one to few. So think about like a program that's targeting literally 20 accounts. And then Mm. the most high touch, low tech type version would be one-to-one account-based marketing. So again, all of those are different kinds and styles of ABM. Um, But another way to think about it is like, am I doing, am I casting still a, a, a tighter net? It's not like full on inbound marketing, but I am going after a fair number of accounts. It could be hundreds or thousands. That'd be one to many. Anything that's like in that 20 to 50 range, that's really where marketing and sales do a lot of specific partnership of like, how do we engage these 50 accounts over the next quarter? Um, or you could be doing that one-to-one. And typically we're seeing one-to-one. I, I remember talking with the head of ABM over at HP Enterprise. She's doing one-to-one on like $3 million annual contract values. So again, wow. like significantly enterprise sales, um, tight motions. So hope that clarifies a little bit.
0: So when I think of ABM, I think of like essentially creating paid ads to reflect the sales messaging, the sales conversations that reps want to have and just ensuring that the that the ads show up in front of the people that you're trying to target. Is that right?
1: So that would be more programmatic account-based marketing. Okay. And like one of the, you would ask like, maybe what's one of the challenges or misconceptions around ABM. And like, honestly, I hate to call it out, but like that's one of the misconceptions is that ABM is just, Like, let's do targeted ads. Like, Mm. I actually am starting to think through this concept of, like, ABM is not actually a strategy even. It's a mindset of we have a list of accounts. Now, how in every way, shape, and form do we partner marketing and sales together to get in front of these accounts, to break into these accounts, and to get these accounts to recognize we are the best solution for you. We have a valid solution for a major problem that you're experiencing. And, like, we know it so well that we've actually created and catered our marketing programming to show you as an individual account specifically the ways that we solve your problems so that you can grow better so you can save time so you can save money whatever it needs to look like and that's a that's a mindset shift because it's not a set of tactics like ads or emails or like social it's how do i make sure that my accounts are completely surrounded by me and our marketing messaging and our sales team right. in such a way that it's valuable and helpful
0: Interesting. Okay, man, that's so, so it's really about like getting super clear on who your customers are. And then just being everywhere for yes. them. Okay, I just saw your post on Scrappy ABM through podcasting, almost similar to this, except you're not necessarily my target account. But talk through that talk, like explain that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, so I mean, at a the most basic level there's a couple of ways that you could use a podcast for scrappy abm like the most direct like you just mentioned is let me invite my target accounts onto a show so i can have a conversation with them i've actually done this with the marketing ladder um which again is actually my own personal podcast but i did use it for work which was super helpful and like was able to generate about a million dollars over the course of a year that was either like sourced or influenced revenue because what I ended up doing through that show is I'd invite target accounts onto a show that would talk about the roles that they were hiring for. And then I would just, through my network, help them hire a role that was in their marketing org. So the leader of that like department liked me because I helped them find good talent. And then the talent that was in that organization liked me because I helped them get a job. So then you put those two together. They realized, oh, we're really struggling with our account-based marketing program. We did an agency. I was working in an agency at the time. Two people know that I exist and that I've been helpful for them. So either yeah. they know I work in an agency or not, they like me, and they said, "Well, Mason's a helpful guy." Like, because I don't charge him anything either. Like I'm just helping people out. Yeah. So that was one way. The other thing is just industry authority. Like I've been talking a lot more about this recently. I thought I was going to be a pastor five years ago, and now, like I've done a lot of like a fair number of like speaking agents and conferences on account based marketing because people view me as an industry expert. Because I've been intentional with who I position myself next to. So that I'm positioned next to and I'm speaking with and I'm friends with industry experts in the area, which I want to also be known for. Mm -hmm. So that then changes the perception of my target accounts as well. So there's two plays. It can be direct or it can be a little bit indirect to increase your perceived expertise and value in your market amongst your target accounts. So looking at who are my target accounts following and engaging with, and then how do I get on the same stage as those people?
0: Interesting, interesting. Okay, so we've we've covered ABM a little bit. I would love to hear your experience on podcasting. And what was yeah. that like with the marketing ladder? What were some of the maybe unexpected benefits that came out of it? What were some of the challenges?
1: Yeah, so the unexpected benefits. I had mentioned like a million dollars in in net new sales. Um, but then honestly, like it has been the greatest career accelerator for me personally, because I now have an avenue through which I can talk one-to-one, have great conversations with people that are way smarter than me about how they grew in their career. And practically by the nature that they're successful marketers are talking through strategies that they've executed. So what that ends up being is I, so it's no secret. I recently changed jobs and I've now officially on week six. And when I decided I needed to make a job change, I messaged everybody that was on the show. So I had like a hundred cmos and vps of marketing that like knew me personally and like went to bat for me. and many of them said, we're not hiring right now or like, man, if I hadn't just made this hire, like I'd hire you and like I actually I sent out a couple of messages one night, and then the next day I had five interviews. and the next day after that, I had two job offers, both of which were were over six figures and like, It's because I had these relationships through this podcast that I had built. And so those were all unexpected benefits, um, which ended up actually landing me in my current role. I interviewed my future boss on the show while I was actually actively interviewing in the role. Um, So that was a whole interesting, but it gave me specific insight on like what they were actually looking for. Right. And because I was asking him on a podcast, he shared with me more because he was trying to also attract candidates at the same time as like, I was slowly starting the interview process. So it was a whole weird thing, but Hey, worked out.
0: That's so cool, man. Um, man, that is awesome. Okay. So let's, let's talk, go to market real quick. GTM. I see this all over the place. What is it? How can you explain this in a simple way? And what, how, like,
1: yeah, just, just tell us about yeah. it. So if we look at the evolution of the way that people have thought about how do I grow a business, Uh there's been a massive emphasis on sales, obviously, because like nothing really happens until the sale is made. And what we also then saw is COVID hit. So then like, for example, I had somebody that actually came to my door earlier today doing door-to-door sales. It's like the second time it's happened and I've lived in this house for two years, That didn't happen. Like there were entire business models that were built on a specific model of sales that then got wiped out. So then the transition became, well, we've got to focus on marketing. Like we've got to build demand. And like, that's why we see this rise of the the title demand generation. That's, That's my title. This title wasn't a thing like in a major way, I would say six years ago. So then we got this massive emphasis on marketing. And then what we realized is, wait, our customers are turning like nobody's business. So then we got this massive emphasis that's still kind of present on customer success. And it's like, how do we retain our customers? And then Sang Verge, who is one of my favorite people in the world, wrote a book that was like, it's not any one of those things. It's all of them. So like, how do you stop thinking in these different silos of marketing and sales and customer success? And it's not its not a strategy from like an account based, it's like, how do you get above all of that? And at an executive level, get alignment around who do we serve? How do we get in front of them? What does our sales process look like? How do we onboard and get like time to value super fast? How are we building retention and then evangelists for our product that don't work at our company? And then how do we measure all of that? So Sangram has an incredible, and really it's it's GTM Partners as a whole. So there's they're just kind of this up and coming analyst firm that has got an incredible go to market framework. Um, if you want to learn kind of the initial version of it, go read the book Move. It's very accessible. It's a great book. Um, but since they launched GTM Partners, they've kind of come up with a 2.0 that are the eight pillars around go to market. And it's really diving into specifically like how do we solve these challenges that we're all experiencing because every company is either experiencing, we don't have enough inbound demand. We don't have enough people actually wanting to buy our product or we get them in the pipeline. and They never close or they finally close and we pass them off. And it's a terrible experience. and They churn immediately. And once you fix one of the, like, when, first you have to identify that's a problem. And then second You have to fix that problem and once you fix that problem there's another area that's weak so instead of just saying like this is a cs problem no they're all go-to-market problems so how do i identify what's the go-to-market problem within the larger picture of the business solve that challenge and then move on to the next challenge so that we can elevate the entire business as opposed to saying like marketing problem we fixed it now we've got another marketing problem when really it's probably a cs or a sales problem so anyway it's a holistic view of the, of the business. And I'm sorry, I'm just really passionate about go to market.
0: Dude, that's so cool. Okay. One more, one more question on this. And I know we're coming up on 15 minutes, but how do you think about going outbound in go to market? Is it, is it like a, is it like an outbound inbound strategy, kind of like an ad or um, you know, like if you don't have a whole lot of inbound and companies trying to grow their revenue, like what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so it's funny. Um Sales Assembly hired me because there's actually not much inbound. Um Sales Assembly has entirely been grown through outbound sales and relationship-based selling and social selling and referrals, which has worked. Sales Assembly has over 200 B2B clients in 5 years. Like entirely bootstrapped, it's a great business model. Like things have worked on that front. What they've realized is we need more than our our immediate networks, which is where content marketing and demand come into play. So like right now I am spending I would actually say about 25, 30, maybe 40% of my time focused on supporting an outbound motion to do immediate sales activation while I'm building a larger content and demand program. So there's two things that I think come into play. One, if you are willing to get on a plane and schedule coffee in-person meetings after you've done a lot of social engagement, that is an incredible outbound motion to get in front of people. Because right now, people like to be in person. But there's just not as many opportunities as there used to be. And it's not as common. So it's not it's not saturated. So it's a great way. The other thing is using outbound channels to engage with marketing content. So one of the things that I did personally is I built a sequence setting, like connected with a bunch of VPs and CROs and said, hey, we're hosting this event. I think it'd be super relevant for your team. Like, would you be interested in registering and sending this around to your team? And it's Matt Green and Samantha McKenna speaking on Summer Sales Hacks. So again, two well-known thought leaders speaking on a very relevant topic because we're just starting Q2. It's literally in two days. And I I sent that sequence to prove out the model to our sales team. So for the next events, we've already proven the model that it works. So I'll just ask them to do it. And instead of doing it like 50, I'll ask them to do it to 500. So that's, I think the two ways it's right now, it's trying to get in person and get face to face. And I think it is like partnering on outbound channels to engage with marketing related content because it's a lower ask and it's a more engaging way to actually provide value instead of like saying, hey, let's immediately hop on a meeting.
0: Interesting. Man, you got some wisdom inside that brain of yours, Mason.
1: <laughs> just just like three good tips. That's all I got.
0: Well, dude, this was awesome. Thank you for coming on.
1: Did you have a good time? I had a great time. Thank you for having
0: me. Absolutely um okay one one question i haven't asked the other people this but i want to start asking people who is another person that you think would have a fun time on here
1: goodness i've got a lot of people let me just pull up my (laughs) linkedin feed right now um so immediate comes to mind would be actually i was just named on a list i'll send you the list of people Okay. Like Ryan Williams, who's over at Phone Burner as a senior demand manager. Uh, Matt Page, who's a VP of marketing over at Hatchworks. Um, I'm trying to think who else just comes off the top of my head? Nick Bennett, but he's going on paternity leave like right now. Um, Sam Keenly as well. He's fantastic. So cool. those are three people that immediately come to mind.
0: Cool. Dude, well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing the simple but hard fundamentals of ABM, building a podcast uh, and how that's even helped accelerate your career like crazy and then uh, go to market. That was was pretty legit, man. Well, thanks.
1: Thanks. I'm happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to close this thing out.